0: I was in Washington, D.C. this past week, and I'm going to basically just bring you in, figuratively speaking. I'm going to bring you in to the vice president's office and the Bible study that we had there. I was invited to come out and be a part of that, and if um, I can, I'm going to share what we talked about in his office uh, with, with his staff, with some of the president's staff, members of Various branches of government, the FBI, CIA, were all there sharing the Bible and talking about the Bible. And it was just a great, great time. And so to help you out a little bit, if you would put the the picture up on the screen that has the long table on it. So this, I don't know how well you can see that, but this is his office. And we were there. My son and I were invited. we were the first ones there. And we got there. and, And my friend who works for the vice president. I'm not. Gonna, I'm, this will not be political today. We're going to dive into the word, but I'm, I'm going to bring you in to the office, and we're going to talk about that because I know that there are people here with all different types of beliefs politically, and it's not about any of that. It's about Jesus, and so I'm doing this, showing you this to help with your imagination, if you will. And so we walk in, and this is exactly... I took this picture when I walked in. Nobody was there. My friend who works for the vice president... Walked us in and he said, go ahead and make yourself comfortable, have some water and so on and cookies and help yourself. And so Jeremiah and I walk in. I walk in and I told Jeremiah, I said, I don't have a clue. This is all new to me. I'm outside of my ballpark. This is way out of my league. So we're going to do what Jesus said. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 that when you're invited to a high place, you take the back seat. And if they find you worthy or they want to invite you, they'll invite you to come forward and take the place of honor. But until then, Jesus says, you take the back seat because it's better to take the back seat than sit in the front seat in the place of honor and they tell you to move back. Right? So I told Jeremiah, we're going to do what Jesus says. We're going to sit in the back. Go to the back. So we sat back. And then my friend walks in and said, in front of all of the people that are there, he goes, what are you guys doing? We're like, we found a place. He goes, no, 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 no. You come up front. I want you guys up front. And then I told Jeremiah, I said, see, Jesus was right. (laughs) And so we were honored to be sitting at the front of the table facing this way. And as we began to talk, Bobby, who led, if you have that picture of Jeremiah and myself and Bobby, Bobby here, this is me, this is my son, this is Bobby. Bobby is... Leads the Bible study every week for the vice president and his staff. He is a spiritual mentor to our vice president and just a super intelligent man on the Bible and a loving, gracious guy, super nice guy. And and so we were there and what I'm going to do now is we're going to go into the Bible study. So if you would do me a favor, I'm going to ask you the same question that Bobby asked us. I'm going to come down to you. And just imagine about in that room, you're in that room, bring the house lights up a little bit, you're in that room, and there's about 50 of us in there, and he starts with this question, he says, my son just told me no, (laughs) what causes you not to be ready? What causes you to not be ready for something? Anybody? Fear? Fear of fear of I guess I don't need my mic- don't need the microphone. Nobody wants to talk into it, right? Huh? Fear fear of failure. Fear of the unknown. You guys are much more spiritual. Around the table they were saying my kids, my spouse. Um, they were saying the car broke down, my alarm clock. <laughs> Believe it or not, a lady from, uh, one of the ladies there said yes. It it might might make you feel a little more human to know that one of the members of the CIA said that they hit their snooze button about 15 times. Um, What else? What else makes us not ready for things? Preparation, denial, procrastination. There's all sorts of things that cause us... To not be ready, right? To not be ready, to be late. My son probably gave the deepest response while there, and he said, because I don't want to have to do what I got to do, so I just put it off. And so I was like, man, you can't be, you can't, thank you for your answers. You turn the house lights down. I I said, you can't be that honest with all these people. But he was, and that's what I love about him, because he's honest like that. And if we're we're going to be truly honest, there's all sorts of things that make us late, whether they're interpersonal reasons of fear, doubt, disbelief, or they're the alarm clock and hitting the snooze button because the bed just feels so nice, or we get a flat on the way to work. Something happens to all of us, for some reason or another, to cause us to not be ready, Whatever it is. Well, Jesus talks about that in Luke chapter 12. This was our main passage during the Bible study this week. And so in Luke chapter 12, we're going to read 35 through 48. Jesus talks about being ready. And I th- should be up um, on the screen. If, if not, just uh, you can listen to me and, and follow along. But it says this. Jesus says, Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can, be, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this: If the owner of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And we got to love Peter. Peter was, of all the disciples, Peter was the one to always open his mouth and always inserting his foot. And Peter says, Peter asks, "Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone?" And you got to love Jesus' answer. Jesus basically says, yes. He says, the Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. Then Jesus goes on. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master... It's taken a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and to drink and get drunk. The master uh, The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour when he is not aware uh, aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Verse 47, the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows from everyone who has been given much much will be demanded and from the one who has been entrusted with much much more will be asked and so Jesus tells his disciples and those that are listening and he tells us today those that those of us that say that we follow Jesus he tells us he goes you need to be ready you need to be ready because I'm coming back. And if you're here today and you say, well, I really don't believe in Jesus and I don't like the church and the church is pointless, etc., etc., I'm just going to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit to what Christians believe. If you're here and you call yourself a Christian and say you're a follower of Jesus, then this is part of what we believe. We believe that Jesus is one day coming back and he's going to overthrow all of the governments and he himself will rule from Jerusalem. And so Jesus is telling his disciples, he says, Listen, there will be a moment when I come back and nobody's expecting me to come back. Nobody's expecting me to come back and overthrow the governments and take control of this planet. But I will. He goes, And it will happen at an hour when you least expect it. He He even told them, he said, If you know when the robber, when you know if you knew when the thief was coming to break into your house, wouldn't you call the police and have them stopped? He goes, that's kind of the whole point. I'm coming back to take over, and nobody knows when it is. And so he tells them in verse thirty-eight. I'm sorry, verse thirty-five and thirty-six. He says, "Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning." like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. He says, watch. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember growing up, going to the bus stop. How many of you went to the bus stop? How many of you remember the bus stop? Okay, I'm not asking you if those are good memories or bad memories. I'm just saying, do you remember going to the bus stop? Okay, now, back in my day, We had, remember the little fake packs of cigarettes that were really just nasty candy, nasty stick candy? Uh, Okay, you teenagers don't, you guys won't remember this, but back in the day, we had these little packets of fake cigarettes. How many of you remember that? Okay, now leave your hands up. Now, oh, don't, leave them up! All right, now, how many of you smoked them? Leave your hands up. All right, now, when it was really cold at the bus stop... How many of you would, so you could see your breath like you were blowing out, see, see your hands are still, all right, put your hands down. I asked that just so I could feel better about myself so I'm not the only one, all right. So yes, we did this at the bus stop, right, that was like the thing to do at the bus stop is to be all cool and lean up against the stop sign and be like, yeah, look at me, my sugar stick, it's nasty, and we all knew it was nasty, but we smoked them anyway, right, See, somebody just said gross. <laughs> All right, I'm not encouraging smoking or the candy sticks or anything like that. But you know what we were doing at the bus stop? We were watching. Where's the bus? Looking down the corner. And there was always that one kid who like could never get up. Maybe maybe that was that person in the vice president's room that day that was hitting the snooze alarm 15 times. And they're like, getting dressed, running to the bus stop and dragging their backpack behind them. And I know that was none of you because you all are all on time. No, I'm just kidding. Right? And they're dragging and, and you're like, come on, come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up. There's... You're right, and you see the big Twinkie coming with wheels and it's coming down the street and you're like getting on the bus. But, but that's like your friend and so you don't want them to miss the bus and so what do you do? You just take your time. Moving real slow. And the bus driver's like, come on, get on the bus. But you don't want them to miss the bus, right? And so you go slow, and you just wait. Why? Because you're at the bus stop, and you're watching. And you might be doing all kinds of other goofy stuff, but you're watching. You're anticipating. You're expecting. Because you don't want to miss the bus. Because you don't want to have to make the phone call to mom and dad or whoever dropped you off to go, um... Yeah, I missed the bus, right? Because what happens if you miss the bus? Bad things happen, right? And so Jesus says, he goes, I am going to return. You need to be watching. You need to be expecting. You need to be prepared. You need to be there when I return. You need to be ready to get on the bus. Because if you're not ready to get on the bus, the bus ain't going to hang around and wait. My bus driver wasn't not was was I probably as a kid, he seemed not nice, but I'm sure if I met him as an adult, he probably is a very nice guy. (laughs) Right? But Charlie would yell at us, tell us to sit down, stop it, do all sorts of stuff, right? But Charlie wasn't gonna wait. I had multiple bus drivers, but Charlie specifically did not wait. I mean, that dude could have been buttoning up his shirt and been 10 feet from the bus, and Charlie's like, you ain't on the bus, it's time to go, and would have left. And that's exactly what Jesus is telling his disciples. And those of us that follow him, he goes, you need to be watching. You need to be ready. You're not going to have an opportunity to be late. There won't be an opportunity. This bus is going to stop, open its doors, and you're either there ready to get on or you're not. And what's coming next is not good. And so he says, be ready. You have to be be ready, and you have to be watching, right? Because notice what it says. He says in verse 36, he says, so that when he comes and knocks, they can what? Immediately, immediately open the door for him. Immediately. Now, I know Lynn doesn't want to hear this, but prior to our marriage, I dated other girls, and some just weren't ever ready. And I'm going to tell you, just my own personal preference, if I tell you I'm going to pick you up at 6, and we don't leave your house until 6.30 because you're not ready, you're not the one for me. So this is going to be a great date night, and then we're done. Because you can't be ready at 6 o'clock. 6.05, okay, but not 6.30. You got to be ready immediately ready to roll, ready to go, be prepared, right? I mean, honestly, some of us get more nervous for an interview and more concerned that we're prepared for an interview than we are prepared for the return of Christ. And honestly, the return of Christ has greater importance and greater ramifications than the interview. Oh, snap, preacher, why'd you go there? I don't know, it's what we do, right? (laughs) It's what preachers do. Some of us are more concerned about that. You, you name it. Some of us are more concerned about, some of us are more concerned about something coming up than we are the return of Christ. And Jesus says, I'm going to show up when you least expect it, and it's over. When I show up, it's done, it's over. So we have to be ready. We have to be prepared. Right? And so he goes on in verse 40, and he tells him, He goes, You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not. Expect him. You ever been, you ever been like getting ready in the bathroom and you ever been getting ready in the bathroom and there's like a knock at the door and you're like, what? Who in the world could possibly be here now? Like you're not ready at all in the least bit, right? And you're like, oh, this is not even cool, right? Or worse yet. You're in the bathroom, and the fan's on, and you're jamming out, curling your hair, brushing your teeth, whatever, doing whatever it is you do to get ready. Okay, I don't curl mine, but the wife does, right? I'm putting, like, mousse or gel or whatever in my, you know, jamming out and getting ready. And then there's a phone call. I got mousse all over my hands, and I'm like, the fan's on. Like, this isn't cool, and I see who it is. Oh, man, it's a name. That means i got to answer it now. Because if, it, if it, did, it didn't have a name to it and it was just a number, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't answer it. And you know you would too, right? Because we just the way society is. We don't answer it now. Can you believe back in the day, like, we just picked up a phone and we didn't even know who was calling. We just answered it. And we lived to tell about it. It was crazy. <laughs> but now the name shows up and we're like, oh. And then, we, then if there's a name, well, then you start ranking them in importance. Hmm, I can call them back. Mm, no, that person's not high enough up on my friend's list. Oh, snap, it's them. Oh, man, I need to answer that. And you got some moose in your hair or toothpaste or whatever, and you're like jamming, and you're like, ah, and you run over and you turn the fan off because you don't want them to think that they interrupted you. Maybe you were doing something else in the bathroom, so you turn the fan off so they can't hear the fan, and you turn the music. Hi. Oh, yeah, how are you? Yeah, and you're standing there all mess, have having shaved, and you're thinking to yourself, if they only knew, but you can't tell them. Don't look at me like I'm the only person that's ever happened to. I've probably called some of you. You're like, oh snap, it's the preacher, right? And some of you're like, oh no, I'll call him back later. <laughs> but and, and you suddenly you have to you have to get you have to get ready. You weren't expecting it. It wasn't it wasn't your timing. It wasn't what you expected. It wasn't when you expected it. And Jesus says, yeah, that's pretty much how I'm going to show up. That's pretty much what's going to happen when I come back. The world's not going to expect me, but I'm going to come back. So we as servants have to be ready. So what does it mean to be ready? What does it mean to you to be ready? Since y'all don't want to talk into Mike and y'all are looking at me when I walk down there, what does it mean to be ready? Just yell out at me. What's it mean to be ready? anybody be prepared prepared. what else does it mean to what are some of the things you have to do to get ready do what anticipate what else do you have to do to get ready have christ why is it why is it that the kids get it she said have christ in your heart right what else is it you have to do to get ready for things You gotta know what's coming. Yep. You gotta know what you're going for, right? You gotta know why am I going there. Yeah, there, there's multiple things we have we have to get dressed, we have to brush our teeth. You know, there's all sorts of things we have to do to, to get ready. And so as Jesus is saying, get ready, I'm coming when you don't expect it, Peter go <laughs> Peter says, Lord, are you are you telling us this parable like just to the twelve of us? Or are you telling everybody? And I love, Jesus does what only Jesus can do. He goes, yes. Right? Essentially, he says that because he says, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food and allowance at the proper time? So Jesus goes into the culture of his days and he talks about your servants, the servants that would work in your house. And he says, The master has gone away for a wedding banquet. Now, weddings in Jesus' day and in that culture, weddings and the festivities of a wedding, like now we like, we go, okay, the wedding's over, that was good. Now let's get to the real fun part where we all like dance and do the electric slide and we're like, woo, right? In Jesus' day, though, that went on for no less than, at least, it went on for at least five days. Sometimes it would on for seven, and sometimes it would go on for weeks. And so Jesus says, here's what's happened. Here's what happens. You notice I didn't try to dance any more than that because I didn't want to scar because Sarah has seen it, and she knows how bad it is. And so Jesus says, I'm going away. A master went away to a wedding, and so his servants begin to say, well, he's gone. He's been gone for a while. Why, why do we have to be? What's the big deal? Right? He's been gone. Let's not... Let's not worry about this. Let's not worry about that. Let's not worry about dusting the vases. And let's not worry about sweeping the carpet. And let's not worry about making sure the chlorine level in the pools. Let's just chill out for a minute. Let's let it go. In fact, we're going to have a little party of our own. And Jesus says, and so what do they do? Well, they go get drunk. They go, and what what are these servants doing? They're doing what they want, how they want, when they want. They're being completely selfish and not thinking of their master's house. And Jesus says, while they're partying because the master's away, right? The cat's away, the mice will play, to put it in today's terminology. Jesus says, they're playing, and the master is going to come back from the wedding feast. Because didn't Jesus say, he goes, I'm leaving, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if it wasn't true, I I wouldn't be telling you this. He says, I'm leaving, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back, and I'm going to get you. In those days, in the wedding ceremony, it was typical that the groom, so let's talk about Mary and Joseph real quick. So Joseph and Mary are to be betrothed. Well, the husband would go away for six months, and he would purchase property. And in that six months, he would purchase property, build a house, come back, come back, get his bride, He'd take his bride, he'd take the wedding party, he'd take them all, and he'd go back, and they'd have a party. And they'd party for five, no less than five days, weeks, maybe seven days. And they'd all be partying at this house. And so we would go on and on. And Jesus says, I'm going. He's using the analogy of their wedding. He says, I'm going away. To prepare a place. Well, in their minds, they're thinking, oh, wait a minute. That's what a groom does. That's, that's what one of the wedding party does. He goes, and, he goes away for at least six months to prepare a place. And they don't see each other for six months. Because he's building the house. He's getting everything ready. And she's getting ready. And they're preparing themselves for the, not for the, they're not preparing themselves for the wedding. They're preparing themselves for the marriage. Right? And they come back. And Jesus says, I'm going away. And I'm going to come back. And I'm going to take you with me. And this is what he tells us. But these servants, he says, it's not going to be good for these servants if they don't take care of the master's house and do what the masters asked them to do. They're not going to be ready when he returns. They're going to say, they're going to get distracted by stuff. Right? You start get, how many of us get distracted by things? We all do. We all, I'm guilty of it. Right? I got distracted last night during the football game, the Notre Dame-Michigan football game. I got distracted. I got aggravated, and I turned it off. So Amy's not here. She's at home with Ben, but she's a big Michigan fan. I would have loved to have been a fly on their wall because Ben's a big Notre Dame fan. Amy's a big Michigan fan. I would have loved to have been a fly on, on the wall in their marriage last night. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we get distra- I get distracted, and, and I realize, oh, wait a minute, you know, i got... I need to get upstairs and I need to kind of put the finishing touches on this sermon. And I need to, there's some other things I wasn't able to get to because I was in D.C. all week. And I need to get some stuff done. And I got distracted. I got distracted. And so Jesus says that when we get distracted, he's saying essentially when you get distracted from me by going and doing these things or going and doing that and going, he's like, honestly... And this is, it's funny because one of the things that we talked about around that table and in that room was we tend to get very selfish. And here's the amazing thing. In that room, there were people from all, dif- all different ethnicities and races and backgrounds in that room as we sat around and we talked about the Bible and we talked about Jesus. And we talked about it didn't matter color of skin or background. Everybody's like, yes, I get distracted. Yes, I lose my focus. Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I. Because inherently, we all want to, like Adam and Eve, do our own thing. Go our own way. Get distracted from what God has for us. And then in closing, he says at the end here in verse 48, From everyone who has been given much... Uh, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to lie. I was sitting in that office, and the first thing that came to mind was Uncle Ben. To whom much is given, much with great power comes great responsibility. Like the whole Spider-Man thing popped in my head, sitting in there. Um, and it popped in my head. Every time I read that verse, it popped in my head. Like Uncle Ben looking at Peter Parker right? Like, okay, Spider-Man's not real. Jesus was. Tyson, come on, get focused, right? Don't get distracted. My wife is down here laughing. So, but it's true. With responsibility comes power. Or with power come responsibility. They go hand in hand. And every time I come across somebody who's like, I really don't want to move up the ladder. I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to adult. When you say, I don't want to adult, simply what you're saying is, I don't want responsibility. I don't want power. I don't want that. Because then that means I'm tied down. But Jesus says, but I've given you a great responsibility as a follower of mine and as a Christian. I've given you a great responsibility. And when I return... Because I want to see what you've done with it. What have you done with the responsibility I've given you? The responsibility to share the gospel. The responsibility to love people regardless of backgrounds or regardless of where they're at in their life. To care for people. The responsibility to love others. The responsibility to do the things that other people won't do. The responsibility could go on and on and on and on the things that we as Christ followers we who call ourselves Christians for so long the church has sat and said you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and I'm against that and I'm against that and, I'm against... and all the world knows is what we're against and I think partly to a great deal that's our fault the world needs to know that we are for them that we love them that we care about them, that we want them to connect with Christ. And so Jesus says, he says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. What's he saying? He says, when you're given responsibility and power and you take it and you use it and you use it well, you get more. Here's the real secret of power. Real power is gained not by pushing and shoving and forcing it. Real power is gained by serving and loving. And when you serve and begin to love others and people see that, wait a minute, you're you're not here to demand your way or to force your way in. You're here to serve because you truly care about me. Your power begins to grow. The respect from people begin to grow. One One of the reasons that, that I think that I was asked to come out to D.C. One of the reasons that I think sometimes that I'm asked to open the state legislature in prayer or to be a part of the state government Bible studies is because I don't go with an it. Ad- My only agenda when I go is to say, how can I serve you and your family? How can, I, how can I love you? What do you need? How can I pray for you? I'm not here to push an agenda. I'm here to love Jesus and to love others. That's my job. That's our job. That's our responsibility. So that when he comes back, he says, what did you do with the responsibility I gave you to love others and to care for others? Does that mean we agree on everything? No. I live with my wife 24-7. I can tell you right now. Right? She's like, I don't know if that means don't go there or if that means stop. Like, that's true. I don't know if she's agreeing or she's saying don't say anymore. But I'm going to say more. And that is, we don't always agree. We don't always agree. But do I love her? Absolutely. Would I lay down my life for her? Absolutely. And I want you to think about something. Jesus came to show us how to love one another. And some would say that Jesus was a good man, a good moral teacher, and so on. And I I take a bit of an issue. I would disagree with that. You don't crucify a good person. You don't treat a good person like a criminal. You crucify a threat. You kill somebody who's threatening your way of life, who's threatening your position. You don't kill good people. Though it happens all the time, you don't take a public figure who everybody knows who stands before Caesar and who's been all over if he's just good. And yet, what's he say from the cross? He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Forgive them. The Bible says that when he was being brought out, the whole crowd began to chant. And and the leader says, I can release Jesus or I can release Barabbas. I can release the, murder, the guy who's murdered, who stole, who's a, conspira, who's a conspirator. Or I can, release, I can release the guy who's been teaching you from a humanistic standpoint. I can te- he's been teaching you good morals and good ethics. Which one do you want? And the Bible says that the entire crowd began to chant, release Barabbas, crucify him. Release Barabbas, crucify him. And here's what I think of myself personally. If I were standing there, not knowing what I know, and it was just Tyson, guess what Tyson would have chanted? Tyson would have chanted, crucify Barabbas or crucify Jesus, release Barabbas. I would have been chanting, release Barabbas. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And I think that when I think about that, I have to stop and reflect and say, Jesus died on the cross, went to hell and back. For people that were spitting at him, saying, crucify him. If he did that for his enemies, and I call him my leader and the love of my life, can I do any less for the people that are spitting and cheering and want me gone and out of the way? No, I can't. My responsibility is to love. That's all of our responsibilities. And our responsibility is to be ready. Jesus says, be ready. I'm coming back. And if you're not at that bus stop, the bus isn't waiting. The bus is going to pull up. I'm pulling up. I'm opening the door. If you're there, you're getting on. If you're not, I'm moving on. That's our decision. That's what we talked about around the table. Are we ready for the return of Christ? Are we looking forward to it? Or are we like the other servants? Are we getting distracted? Are we getting distracted from things, by things? Only you're going to know that. Let's stand up. This morning I want to encourage you if, you, if you are here this morning and you're like me, sometimes life happens and sometimes we get distracted. I get distracted from, from knowing that Christ is coming back. It's tough sometimes in our world in the, in the way things happen and And so I want us to really kind of self-examine. So if everybody would just bow their head and close their eyes. I'd like for you to examine your own heart. And I'd like for Lynn and Jesse to come up here on this side. And if I can get Norm and Linda to come down. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you've never made Jesus Lord Lord of your life. Maybe you never knew that Jesus was coming back to take his people away, and to eventually then re- set up his own government. If you if you're here today, and that's you, and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, maybe you were baptized, but maybe you were baptized as a child. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to heaven. That has to be your decision, not your parents, not your grandparents. That is your decision between you and your maker. If you're here this morning and you want us to pray with you about that, or if you need a prayer for anything else, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to come forward during that prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for being here today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to love others. I thank you for the opportunity to walk side by side with people. And to care for them and to love them. I thank you for the responsibility that we have to share your love with others. Lord, let us not get distracted like the other servants who said, well, the master's not coming back anytime soon. Let's go do our own thing. Let's go do what we want to do. Lord, help us to stay focused on you. Help us to stay right in step with where you would have us to walk. Right in step with where you would have us to take our lives on the job, with our families, as we go on vacations and enjoy our lives. Lord, thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have an amazing week. We're gonna pick up our series next week, Fields of Gold. We'll pick up where we left off. If you need prayer, they're up here for you. You guys have an amazing, amazing week. Thank you.